yo, welcome in to the House of L podcast. We have got our Bears postgame pod for you as the Bears survive. They survive. 17 to 13 is the final over on the lakefront for what was an absolutely bizarre game today for the Bears. Coming off of what they had done against Detroit, you were sitting there going, well, this is this is delightful. This is this is a great start that the Bears have gotten off to. They look smooth. They look in control. The offense was making plays. Mitch was putting the ball where it needed to be. I saw a lot of a lot of cool stuff in what they want to do offensively. Some of that ended up getting telegraphed and later on in the game came back to haunt them. But they got Mitch out on the move. They had the design runs, and the do- design runs didn't really go for a lot of yardage, like some of that like wing T stuff that the Bears were doing. But because I think he he had three carries for three yards or something like that before that last scramble that that netted him twelve yards and ended up extending a drive, which was really good by him. In the first half, I saw some really great moments from Mitch where he was using his feet to set defenders up to open windows to throw to his receivers. The Montgomery touchdown pass, I thought, was brilliant by Mitch. Like, there was some, it was one of those moments where you go, oh, wow. Like, he has added that to his arsenal of things. And you can see the difference in him when he's able to make a play that's outside of the pocket. Like you want to call it street football or schoolyard football or whatever. He seems to be comfortable in those spots. Saquon Barkley goes out of this game early on and you're sitting there going, oh, well, that's that. That's the end of their offense because I don't think that Daniel Jones is very good. And if you listen to the pregame pod, and I do the pregame pod over on the Loho Daily site, but I don't think that he's very good. And at the end, he he wasn't. He was good enough to make it scary for everyone who's a Bears fan that's sitting there going, "What the what the hell is going on out there?" to to pair uh, to quote Vince Lombardi. But I didn't I never had faith that he was going to come through at the end. The Bears get lucky in that regard. They get lucky that this wasn't a better quarterback that they were dealing with. They get lucky that this isn't a better team than what they were dealing with. But the drop-off in production from the first half to the second half is a little bit troubling. You look at Mitch's numbers in the first half. 12 of 17, 144 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions, a passer rating of 115.8. He played a brilliant first half of that game. He really did, and the offense was doing all sorts of stuff. They ran the ball, and I was excited that at the end of the game, Nagy didn't put it on his quarterback to try and win it. He put it on the run game, and the run game came through for the most part. I was a little worried when they, on that third and one, before they pick up the fourth and one from the crazy Bobby Massey play, like, why are you going past there? Like, you've been... You've been dominating them up front. Allow Montgomery and the offensive line to continue to dominate them up front. They they escaped this game, and it should not have been a game that you're trying to escape. I'm not sure how you feel about that. 
I'm a big proponent of wins give you time to figure stuff out. And if you're a team that's winning games that has problems, congratulations, you're you're in the top half of the NFL. Like you, you're going to have problems. It's a matter of can you fix those before your level of competition rises to a place where you're not going to be able to, to get Ws because those teams are not going to allow you to just sit back and not push the issue. I thought for sure this game was going to blowoutsville. The Giants had that look. They had the look of a team that was ready to be sent on up out of here. Their best player gets hurt and is probably gone for the entire season. Those two plays back-to-back for Saquon Barkley, like that's rough because it looked like he jammed up his shoulder or his wrist, and then after that, it reportedly tears his ACL. I mean, that's, that's horrible for the league. It's not just horrible for the Giants. It's horrible for any of us who love football because that guy is an incredible player. Defensively, for the Bears, I thought Deion Bush had a really good game, and I don't mean just because he had an interception. They put him out there, and he played a lot more than I was expecting him to play. He comes up with a big play. They took Danny Trevathan off the field quite a bit in this game. And I don't know what's going on with Danny, but he doesn't look the same to me. He looks slower than he usually plays. And you start looking at at what the Bears defense did in this game, and you see that, oh, let's talk about Robert Quinn for a second while we're at it. Man, Robert Quinn, I was paying really close attention to Robert Quinn because he hadn't been on the field. He was very active. He gets the forced fumble on Daniel Jones, but there were other plays where he was around the ball and he didn't look like a guy who was coming off of an injury. He looked like a guy that that was amped up to play. I thought that he and Mac would do more in this game because it was setting up that way. It was setting up for them to have a huge game. They got to the quarterback enough. I mean, you had the three guys that, that you expect to get the quarterback on the ground Hicks, Mack, Quinn. Each of them had a sack in this game. Mack went on and had three tackles on top of that. Roquan Smith, I thought, was all over the place. He ended up getting a bad penalty. And I thought that Jalen Johnson, yet again, played well in this game. They were going to try to pick on him with double moves, and it didn't work. It's weird because... This game shouldn't have been this close, so it's 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 kind of hard to dissect it. I'm looking forward to my second watch of this game tomorrow morning, or maybe later on tonight. It doesn't make a lot of sense, and and let me just go that play to Allen Robinson, the interception. I don't put that one on Mitch. I feel like you throw a ball to give your guy a chance to make a play. He makes the play. You, you got him the ball while the defender had his back turned. And then that defender just makes a great play. Bradbury made a hell of a play. I don't know if he could do that twice if you gave him 100 tries. Nah, he's an NFL player. If you gave him 10 tries, could he do it twice? I'm not sure that he could. Either 
A-Rob comes down with the ball or he comes down with the ball out of bounds on most of those plays instead of it being an interception. So in some ways, the Bears were unlucky. In other ways, they got lucky. But the defense did their job. I guess that's the biggest takeaway from this game is the defense was able to do their job. They were able to get off the field when they needed to get off the field. That, that type of stuff is invaluable. And sure, there is a lot of good that, that one can take away from this game. I mean, I'm, I'm going through my notes right now, and, and I had to like literally turn the page, Bob Seeger, to, to get to my second half stuff. But I'm looking at all the things that I starred in the first half. Trubisky uses feet to open up space for Montgomery. 28-yard touchdown. It, I will say that a couple things that I starred was Anthony Miller missing some plays that he ordinarily makes. And those, those are the things, along with penalties, and he hasn't had any this year, but those are the things that are keeping him from being a great receiver. He gets some space. He gets some separation. And the ball placement by Mitch was pretty good. And he he drops a pass that would have been a touchdown. And Santos uh, comes in and and gives them a 34-yard field goal. I look at Deion Bush on that first interception, and it's it's after it follows pressure. It follows the Bears getting a sack. And there's a difference between a guy who just gets pressure and a guy who gets the quarterback on the ground. And you saw that with Robert Quinn today. That he's known for getting the guy on the ground. It's part of the reason that they, they paid the premium for him. Them forcing three and outs. Uh- for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Uh, there's another thing that was kind of scary that was in my notes. David Montgomery, like, be careful leaving your feet in the hole. There are not a lot of places to land, and the places to land are not good. That was a along with Barkley and that shoulder injury, and then, of course, the ACL. That, to me, was the scariest moment of the game because he gets driven down onto his head because he left his feet. Leaving your feet in the NFL while you're running the ball is never advised, but unless you're, unless you're going over the top to try and score a touchdown where the play ends – but especially if you're talking about in the hole in the middle of the field, too many bodies for, for you to be able to, to make that play. The Bears were getting first downs, like they were converting third downs. And you thought that Trubisky off of play action was going to work. The the 12-yard hooks off of play action with Mitch under center. I like that play. I think they like that play. I think they like that play too much. And I think that's why it ended up with a deflection in one of the interceptions. 
that the the Giants ended up having. The other play that I thought was great was another touchdown for Mitch. There's a three-man rush on on that play. He climbs the pocket, then descends in the pocket. And I'm like, oh, no, he doesn't know what to do. And, and then he gives Darnell Mooney a chance to make a play. And the rookie out of Tulane made that play. I don't know if I would have had that much confidence in a, a rookie who's small to, to win a battle in the end zone, but props to Darnell Mooney for winning that battle. That's how you got to do it sometimes. You got to go out there and, and win those things. So I give Mitch a lot of credit for that. I, I'm not sure what else to tell you about this one. It, it was um, bizarre. It was truly a bizarre game that felt like it should not have uh, gone as as smoothly as it, it should have gone as smoothly as the first half of the game went, and it it didn't. It it did not. But they won, and I want to make sure that that is the thing that we talk about that they were able to win this game. And hang on for dear life. Dear life. And it's good, right? This, If you lose this game, it feels awful. If you lose this game, everything comes back into question. There are questions about Matt Nagy's play calling in certain situations. There are questions about whether or not Mitch is the guy. It feels circular where you're you come back from a 17 point lead and then you give up a 17 point lead if you end up losing the game but because you won you're able to just kind of cruise a little bit and say all right these are the types of wins that coaches love because they can beat up their players all week long on things that weren't done well knowing that they're 2-0. and They're tied with the Packers in the NFC North, and you look at the other two teams in the NFC North, they're both a disaster. Like, Matt Patricia is getting real close to Firedsville. The guy is, what, 9-34 in his career? They fired Jim Caldwell for that? Who was 9-7, I want to say, in his last season with the Lions? And that thing in in Minnesota looks like a train wreck, too. They've got all sorts of problems, and a lot of them start with the guy who's playing quarterback for them. This feels like instead of, like, last week was a rejoice game. Like, that was a game like, wow, super exciting. And, I mean, I guess this game, too, was exciting, right? Right? Like, it was exciting. Till the end of it, it was exciting. They they kept eyes. I can't wait to see what the ratings were on this because just like last week, you're watching to the very last second of the game. And I thought I was going to get a chance to spend more time watching the White Sox walk the yard um, <laughs> than, than what I got. But the Bears kept it entertaining, and that's not good. All right, let me go through a couple of stats before I, I, I let you go here. The Bears had done such a good job in the first half of this game on third down, and then at the end of the game, it's still great. Like, their third down percentage is great. Nine out of 16. But 
they had converted, I want to say, seven out of nine third downs in the first half of this game. You look at the rushing numbers, 135 yards on the ground. They were able to mix it up. Montgomery, 16 of 82. Patterson, 7 of 25. I like Patterson in the role that he's in, but there was a play where it looked like he, towards the end of the game, where he's trying to bounce it outside. And I'm like, man, just hit the hole. Just hit the hole and get three yards and get down instead of getting a, a loss on the play. Tariq Cohen carries the ball five times for 12 yards. The receiving numbers, Allen Robinson had nine targets in this game for only three catches for 33 yards. David Montgomery, three catches, three targets. Mooney, three catches, three targets. Both of those guys end up with touchdown passes from Mitchell Trubisky. It's weird that Ted Ginn was inactive for this game, and it's concerning that Riley Ridley can't get on the field still. He's a guy that is often inactive. At some point, you're like, are you just going to to cut the young man because he doesn't seem to be in your plans at all? Roquan Smith and Eddie Jackson led the team in tackles. The Eddie Jackson pass interference play that, that would have been a pick six, when I saw it live, I was like, ah, that's a rough call. When I saw it again on the replay, he got there early. I had uh, I was texting with Mike Brown. He's like, "Hey, defenders have a right to the ball too." I he's right, obviously, but I don't know if you can go through the man to to make the play. But Ejax had eight tackles in the game. Buster Screen with six tackles in this game. I thought the Bears' corners played excellent football. Kyle Fuller and Jalen Johnson, I thought played great. You know who else played really well? Barkevius Mingo. He was kind of all over the place today, too. Had a couple tackles, had a sack, was disruptive. So that's some really good news. Mitch finishes this game with 190 yards and a passer rating of 78. Like it's a it is a troubling fall from where he was at the, the end of the half. In the second half, he only threw for 56 yards. Now they gave him 11 chances to throw the ball in, in the second half and to only come up with 54 yards, like that's, that's not good. It's not good. But the Bears, they escape. And the theme of this podcast today is all you have to do is escape. All you have to do is win. And, and they are the definition of winning ugly right now. They, they won ugly today. But at the end of a game, don't you want the game on your defense? If the strength of the team is the defense, at the end, you want the game on them. And they held. They held a couple of times in the red zone. And, and now you're talking about a team that hasn't given up a lot of points. And you start looking at what's next for the Bears. They got the, the Falcons next week. So we'll see. We'll we'll see what happens between now and next week, but that's what's on the schedule. They get to go down to the dirty next Sunday at noon and and take on Atlanta, who I don't think is very good either. So that's it, man. Uh, I I'm looking forward to my second watch on this one because things went sideways for the Bears in the second half and. 
they kept it from becoming a complete disaster. And the most important thing is you win. Even if you win ugly. I appreciate your support of the podcast. Tell a friend about it. Give it five stars. Write it a review. Subscribe. Thanks to our incredible sponsors. Mazda of Orland Park. ZoomZoomNation.com. We love them. They are fantastic. Also, thank you to Team Hochberg. If you're buying or selling a home, David Hochberg is the guy that you want on your side. I'm telling you. He's the man when it comes to these things. Call him, 855-56-DAVID. Tell him that I sent you or go to 56david.com. Homeside Finance. Why can't I speak? Homeside Financial is an equal housing lender, NMLS number 1124061. I'm on the score at noon tomorrow. Be there. Peace. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.